Well, good morning and welcome to Hope Church. If it's your first time watching online, you are our VIP. We are so excited that you're here with us online. Go ahead, text I am a VIP, one word, I am a VIP to 94090. We'd love to connect with you right now. And can we just give it up for all the VIPs in the house today? Welcome to Hope Church. We love you, we honor you. And we are so excited that you are here. We want you to experience God in a relevant way today. In the past month of Corona, we've had over 50, 55, I think, first-time guests in the house. And every experience, there's people coming in for the first time. We just want to welcome you. If you don't know me yet, my name's Nate. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Church, and I'm so excited that you're here. We're in week two of our new series of talks called The Monkeys. I better say The Monkeys. <laughs> the Monkeys. There are three of them. Maybe you've seen these guys above my head. Uh, they look familiar to you. Maybe you've seen them on the emojis of your phone. How many guys ever used the emoji on your phone? See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Anybody use those? Monkey emoji? Okay. Relevant, relevant, relevant. Very cool. Maybe you've seen them in your friend's house. Um, Knickknacks, little things on people's dressers and stuff. Maybe you've seen pictures of them, paintings of them. They derive from this kind of Middle Eastern-ish philosophy that tells us what not to do. We talked about it last week, what we can't do. Tells you what you shouldn't do. Like most religions, is all about the can'ts and the won'ts and the don'ts and you shouldn'ts, right? See no evil, hear no evil, say no evil. And for so long, religion has been all about what we can't do and what we have to stay away from. But relationship with Jesus is so different. He said, I did not come to steal, kill, or destroy your life. I came to give you life to the fullest, to give you permission, to grant access, to give you a life that you never dreamed of. He's the God who changes everything completely. Our God is extremely attractive because he's the God who grants access. That doesn't mean there aren't things that won't hurt you. It doesn't mean the word of God doesn't have some things in it that tries to protect you from sin and destruction of sin. We know that. But he doesn't tell you what you can't do and why it won't work. He's always the God who tells you what you can do and why it will work. He's the God of the can-do spirit. We know that uh, Paul, he says, I can do, you can do all things. How? How's that permission granted? Through Christ who strengthens you. He's the God who calls us to lift up our eyes and see clearly, to have ears that hear what the Spirit is saying, and a mouth that speaks to problems, not about problems. The Bible says God has given us the keys to the kingdom. Everybody say, I have the keys. And whatever you bind and loose on earth will be bound and loosed in heaven. We know that the words of your lips either limit or loose your life. And today we're going for the far monkey on the left side here, or my left, you're right. It's the uh, speak no evil monkey. Everybody say, speak no evil. We know that the words of your lips, the words off your lips, either limit or loose your life. The Bible says he's entrusted you with keys. He's given you keys in your mouth. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to lose those keys. I'm going to use them in Jesus' name. I'm not going to stay silent. I'm going to use the keys. Everybody say, use the keys. Loose and bind things in our lives. I'm not going to fear evil. That's for sure. I know we just had an election. Some people are really worried. Some people are really excited. But I'll tell you what, no matter what side of the bird you're on, Jesus died for the whole bird, right? What wing you're on. But I'm telling you what, doesn't matter if you're afraid or you're excited. Doesn't matter what's going on in your heart. I know that my life will not fear any evil. See no evil. I'm not going to worry about hearing no evil or speaking no evil. I'm the, I'm the God who serves a good shepherd who says, fear no evil. For Why? I am with you. And I walk with you through the shadows of whatever, whatever, whatever. No, I'm going to overcome evil with good. I am a child of God. Come on, he's given me confidence. He's given me keys. Romans 12, 21 says it so clearly to all of us believers. Do not be overcome with evil. Don't be overwhelmed by evil evil don't let your heart be troubled by evil but overcome evil with good i'm going to use the keys that he's given me if you want to drive a car you got to use the keys if you want to open up doors you've got to use the keys if you want to reach your destination you've got to use the keys jesus said this in matthew 18 18 assuredly i tell you whatever you bind ever say me 
Yeah, that's right. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heavens. And there are things that we have to bind and loose if we're going to experience the best of God. The best of God. What is the best of God? The promises of God in his word. You know, you can know promises and not experience them. You can know them in your head and not experience them in your life. We want to use the keys to experience the promises of God. 2 Corinthians 1.19 says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, just in case you were wondering, Son of God, Jesus Christ, was not yes and no, but in Him it's always been yes. For all the promises of God are yes in Christ. The promises of God are all yes and amen. He's the God who grants access. Not the God of no, no, no. The God of yes, yes, yes. And they've always been yes. Whether you've seen it that way or not. Whether you believe that or not. He has said access granted. And living in God's best is living in all of his promises. Living in God's best. Who wants to live in God's best? I don't want to settle for second best today. Do you? I want to live in the best of what he has for us. Matthew 16, verse 18. The message says it like this. I love this. My father in heaven. Read it with me. God himself lets you in on the secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you really are. Anybody want to know? You are Peter, a rock. This rock on which I will put together my church. A church so expansive with energy. I love that. Yes. That not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. My God, this is good stuff. You have the keys to open any and every door. Say yes. That's doors in your relational world. That's doors in your marital world, in your parenting world, in the business world, in your personal world. No more barriers between heaven and earth. We see it. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. And a no on earth is a no in heaven. He has given you all the authority. Luke 10, 19, just in case you don't believe that. Behold, Jesus said, I have given you all authority. The authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall harm you. Nothing means nothing. That's crazy, right? Imagine if we believed this, how much less stressed out we would be. Less anxious. Less putting all of our weight in elections or non-elections. You know what I'm saying? Imagine if we believe that nothing by any means would hurt us. Nothing means nothing. Isaiah 54 says, no weapon formed against you will prosper, people of hope. It doesn't say the weapon won't be formed against you. It says the weapon that is formed will not prosper. So when we go through fire... When we go through trials, tribulations, we do not question the word of God because the word of God is settled. It's finished. God doesn't change his mind concerning your future because of adversity, because of your disposition. God never created you to be overwhelmed by anything, overwhelmed by adversity for sure. Adversity is supposed to make you stronger. God never created you to be dominated by your environment, dominated by your culture. You were created to impact and create difference in every area that you walk into. Everywhere you go, the kingdom of God comes. Everywhere you go, the spirit of God comes. Everywhere you go, you have the power and the capacity to loose what's happening in reality, to be a force for good, not for sure afraid of evil. For sure not. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, mind it. We see it in Genesis 1.26, right in the beginning. God said, let's make man in our image. Whose image are we made in? Not a monkey's image. I think way too highly of you to be thought of as made in the image of a monkey. I think God thinks higher of you. He says, I've made you in my image. You were created in the image of the Lord Most High, the God of the universe. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Likeness means to be like, to act like. My son Theo is like me. He is blessed according to my likeness. You look at his little face, it looks exactly like my little face. We have the same DNA. 
When they test my spiritual DNA, it's in Christ. I look just like him. I want to be less like Nate and more like Jesus. It's the idea, it's the hope for every believer to be less like us and more like him. I was born of God. The Bible says you hail from God. You came from God. You were born of God. And the Bible says whatever is born of God overcomes the world. It's not overcome with evil. It overcomes evil with good. And this is the key, the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I am born of God. These are Bible verses. I mean, I'm putting some of them on the screen, and others of them are not on the screen, but I'm talking the Bible. Whatever is born of God is in victory, overcomes the world. I have the image of God on the inside of me. So do you. I'm a winner because God made me a winner. He made you one too. I have more than enough. I have a surplus. I live in overflow, not overwhelmed, because of the God that lives in me. How can I back down, fall over, stay down when his spirit lives in me? How could I stay down? I'm a winner in Christ Jesus. That's what his word said, no matter what. It's my new nature. It's your new nature if you've given your life to Christ. I, how, do, how, do, how do I know that we weren't created to lose? How do I know that I wasn't? Born to live dominated by fear. Well, verse 28 says, take dominion. It doesn't say be dominated. It says, take dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, over every creepy thing that creeps on earth. That's including the enemy. So verse 27, let's read it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It's pretty simple. Then God blessed him. God blessed them. Ever say them. The word blessed means to be empowered, to succeed in life. No matter the circumstance, empowered to succeed, to be prosperous and have good success. So God created them in his image, then God blesses them. God breathes his breath of life into them. It's the same thing that happens when you become a new creation. The breath of God enters you, the Holy Spirit enters you, and you are recreated. You have a different DNA in Christ. If any man is in Christ, my Bible says, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away and newness of life has come to stay. So no longer a loser of the child of Lucifer. No, I'm a winner and a child of God. I start to enter into that reality and you become a Christian, which means like Christ-like little anointed one. You become just like Jesus. We think we write little bracelets. What would Jesus do? We put Jesus fish on our cars. We want to be like Jesus. That's the point. What Adam lost <laughs> is restored when Jesus enters your life. What Adam blew is royally restored. What he royally blew is royally restored when Jesus enters your life. Dominion returns. That's where Adam started. Take dominion. Authority returns. Don't you know I've given you all the authority over any evil don't fear it. Don't see it not. Don't hear it not. Don't speak it not. Don't worry about evil. Overcome. Evil authority returns in Christ. The ability to subdue circumstances, to subdue your environment returns. But if you don't use the key, if you keep your mouth shut, if you don't use your mouth, the enemy will mess with your life. He will bluff you out of your blessing. He will misinform you out of your inheritance. He will block Blessing in your life if you worry about speaking no evil. So then God blessed them. And he says to them in Genesis 1.28, now go, let's put it up there. Now go and try your very best to be successful. Is that what it says? And if you're not successful, find excuses, Adam. Blame it on the lack of what I've given you to work with in the garden. No, he says, one command, help me out. not a lot of wiggle room there is there be fruitful that's the command I've given you dominion I've given you authority now win multiply winning win and keep on winning and fill the earth and subdue it wow that's a strong word why because you lack nothing Adam you lack nothing. You have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Come on. We have to see that the authority given to you from God gives you the ability to take dominion over the circumstances in your life. 
It's point number one today, if you want to put it on your note sheet. You have ability because you've been given authority, and just add to the end, by God. You have ability, Adam. Because you've been given authority, subdue it. Take dominion over it. I've given you everything. Now be fruitful and multiply. Don't worry about what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Well, I'm not as talented as Eve. Well, that's obvious, Adam, right? It's the only person you have to compare yourself with. She's, she's probably brighter, right? More in tune with certain sensitive things, right? More in tune with some, some other things happening in the garden. Well, I don't have what she has. No, I don't care. Be fruitful and multiply. It's a very small pool. But you have the ability. Everybody say, I have the ability. Because I've been given authority by God. If you are in Christ, the Bible says you lack nothing. So you don't think with a mindset of lack. Today we're going to get loosed from a spirit of lack. The enemy would love to attach the spirit of lack onto your life. The spirit of lack is when you have this thought in your mind. There is not enough. There's not enough of this. There's not enough of that. I'll never go to college because there's not enough. It's not just with financial things. I will never do this. It could be a lack of education, a lack of love, a lack of joy, a lack of ownership, a lack of confidence, a lack of response-ableness, a lack of self-esteem could block you and lock you out. So that you go around and you can't even look anybody in the eye. You don't have any confidence in yourself. It's a spirit of lack and intimidation which handcuffs you all the time. You don't take dominion. You get dominated. Come on. We don't want to live with a spirit of lack that keeps your mouth shut in the fear of evil. But hey, you have to remember today. You are created in the image of God Almighty. Adam has ability because he knows the one who's given him authority. He has confidence. He has esteem. And as soon as God made him in his image and blessed him, he lacked nothing. And as soon as God made you in his image and he blessed you, you lack nothing. No good thing will God withhold from you. He was empowered to succeed, not to try, not to fail. Whatever he called it with his mouth, that's what it was. That was his first job. And the same is true for you today. You were created in the image of God Almighty. And whatever you speak with your mouth, that's way it is when he's given you authority. When a king speaks, that's the way it is. It's just the way they have said, maybe they've said you're a slow learner. Maybe they've said you'll never be good at anything. Maybe they've said you're just trash and your parents never did anything, so you'll never do anything. Maybe they just said all these things over your life that your parents never did anything. You'll never do anything. You just are, and you never do anything. Maybe you grew up with that lack mentality, lack of love, lack of father, lack of stability, lack of communication, lack of perspective in your home. And you feel like everywhere I go, I lack the ability to communicate because my dad and my mom. But instead of being beaten down by the spirit of lack, bind that spirit of lack and replace it with the spirit of abundance in Jesus. The spirit of overflow in Jesus. The spirit of enoughness. And authority in Jesus. Jesus, the one who came to build your life up, not steal it away from you. Jesus, the one who said, I came to raise you into newness of life, into who God says you are. You're a new creation, into who I called you to be. That Jesus, the one who's always rooting for you. Jesus is getting after it today. Get rid of the spirit of lack. You lack nothing. When I was going to college, I had a job opportunity. It was a job opportunity for me, $17.50 an hour. This was back in like the early 2000s, okay? $17.50 an hour, and it was a really big deal to me. I was so excited. I was telling my dad about it. It's a job in sales, and there were a lot of people applying, and he's t I told my dad about it, and he said, you don't want to do that. This is one of the only times. He said, you won't be good at that. You lack what it takes to do a job like that. You won't like it, son. I know. Believe me. And him saying something like this to me was such an anomaly in my childhood. Like, honestly, it makes me wonder if it was reverse psychology to get my butt in gear that summer or something. But he just told me what I can't do. <laughs> and looking back, I wonder if he's like some sort of mad genius. Honestly, Dad, like that was a really productive summer for me. Trying to expand my horizons and 
increase my work ethic, but he never said stuff like this to me, so it was so strange that when I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this job, he said, you won't like it. You lack that gene. You lack that, that thing that people have that do that. But something clicked in me when he told me that I was lacking something. And I went to apply with my friend. I got the job. My friend did not. I tore it up that summer, making $17.50 an hour and really working with a passion. I proved that I had what he told me I lacked. Growing up, I was one of those kids that said, don't step on the crack. You'll break my mom's back. I just step on all the cracks. You know what I'm saying? So that's in me. If you want me to do something, if you want to manipulate me, tell me I can't do it. Tell me you'll beat me at something and I will play harder. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, if he thinks he can't do something, I'm going to go for it. That's what I said. I didn't take much to fire me up that summer to get frustrated with the spirit of what I lacked. Does that make sense? What you think you lack, that should bother you, and you should prove to yourself that you lack nothing. A spirit of lack says it's not in your genes. You don't have what you need. You're not as talented as so. You don't have the X factor. You won't make it. I love Psalms 34.10. It says, young lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. They get fired up when you tell them they can't. You seek the Lord, you lack nothing to perform. Nothing. Are you sick of hearing what you can't do? Are you sick of seeing all the places you come up short and lack in life? Seek the Lord who empowers you and enables you, chased after what he has in store for you, the Lord says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me, you will get what you're going for. You might grow weak and get hungry, but if you are seeking the Lord, you lack no good thing. I'm sorry, I thought that was the Bible. I thought that would pack a punch for you. Come on, we can seek anything. We seek the Lord, he will withhold no good thing from us. Proverbs 23, 7, we just did a whole uh, series of talks about it. For as a man thinks in his heart, so his life goes, so he is. And if you think that lack-filled, low-level living is all God is capable of, that's all he'll ever be able to do for you. But God says, if you believe me, if you seek me, I will take you from this level of lack into exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. I'm the God who can take you into more than enough. you got to get free from the spirit of lack that keeps you living at a lower level. Come on, people of hope. Start to believe that your God will supply all your needs. He's a well-able God. He's a mighty God. Some of you, the enemy has already convinced you, I'm not a leader. I'll never be a good leader. I'll... I'll never be able to prosper. I'm okay with what I do. I'll never have enough money. I'm okay with never being able to pay my bills. You don't have enough talent. You don't have enough good looks. But wait a second. You've got a great God. You forgot the God factor. You forgot the source who gave you ability to take authority. You're focusing on who's against you, but no man will be able to stand against you because of the God factor in you. Nothing will be able to stop you because of the God, the Spirit of Christ inside of you. You're focusing on what you say you're not and what you lack, but you will be prosperous and have good success because of the God factor in you. He will not be put to shame. The greater one lives in you. The Lord is your shepherd. David said, he's my shepherd. He's my Lord. He's my boss. And if the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. Keep reading. I lack nothing when he is my shepherd. Who are you letting shepherd you? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. Shake off the spirit of lack. It's not normal when you're a believer. It's not normal when Christ lives in you. And use the authority Jesus has given you through the words of your mouth. Speak it into your future. I lack nothing. Let's say it right now. I lack nothing. No good thing will he withhold from me. Another verse. No good thing will he withhold from me. I lack nothing. Seek the Lord and you will not grow hungry. Exactly the same way our God did in the beginning. He spoke into his future when he created the earth. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was just perfect, and it was flourishing, and it was just beautifully wrapped. No, and the earth looked a lot like your life, without form, void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. He took a bad situation. You can't tell me God's a pessimist. I'm telling you what. Without form, void, and darkness. He took that nasty Formless, void, dark 
And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Get the picture, people of hope. The Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the deep on your life this morning. The Spirit of God is hovering over the talents that He put in you, the giftings that He put in you. What He started, He will be faithful to complete. Come on. He's hovering over what you say you're not, what you say you can't do, what you think you're unable of. He's hovering over the face of the dark deep. The Spirit of God is now in you. The same spirit that was there in the beginning. The spirit of God was hovering over the darkness. Saying, it's all right. I got this. The angels of heaven are with you. God is with you. Angels of heaven are for you. And they're waiting for you to action your authority. When God spoke, he actioned authority. And things shifted all over the place. They are joyfully anticipating you to speak words of expectation, words of life, words of faith and authority. You are made in the image of God. Do what God did. When you say, well, it's not working and I lack something, you bind every angel and you loose every force of darkness. When you say, I don't know, this is going to be bad, it's going to get ugly, our, our nation's in for a, a, a really, really ugly ride, you just bound something and loose something else. Come on now, you bind everything. You release the darkness that's waiting for your negativity to be spoken through your power tool called your mouth. You're binding and loosing all the time. Waiting. They're just waiting for fear. They're waiting for unbelief and doubt to be spoken and brought to pass. The angel said, I have come for your words. All throughout the narrative of the Bible, you will see people speaking and the angel will come. And he actually said in one, one, one incidence, I have come for your words. Waiting for you to action your authority. Your words matter. You change worlds with your words. You change your personal world with your words. You change your public world with your words. You change your job with your wor words. You change the culture of your workplace with your words. You change this church with your words. What you say matters. How did God create the heavens and the earth? Whose image were you created in to be like? When it was lacking everything, how did he do it? Well, there was nothing. When there was darkness. When there was chaos. Chaos. <laughs> how will you start creating in your life? Where there's chaos. Where there is darkness. Where there is emptiness. In the midst of uncertainty. Anybody feeling uncertain? There's a lot of uncertainty in creation. How do you start that business? How do you raise that child? How do you create the future that God has in the middle of lack, empty and void? Verse 3, then God said, then God said, everybody say, then God said. What did God say? Whatever he wanted to be loosed. And then you said, what did you say? Whatever you wanted to be loosed. And that's what happened. You operate the way God operates. You look just like your father in heaven. That's why the enemy hates you so much. You look just like him. You're in his likeness. The way he operates, he wants you to operate. How does God operate? The way he operated in the beginning. How did God create? Well, the Bible tells us very clearly he separates and creates by speaking. He operates by speaking. He wasn't, notice God didn't get up to the plate of creation and be like, I'm afraid to speak evil. I don't want to ruin this, so I might as well just... Be quiet for a couple days. Does God have any hesitation? He only does good things. He only creates good things. He wasn't intimidated by the possibility of failure. Come on out, Pastor Ash. He was confident that his words carried weight and his words created worlds. And so he spoke good and not evil. He spoke the world into being. You were created in that same image. You create your world the way God created this world. God didn't make something out of a perfect situation. Don't think you're at a disadvantage. God created the world that we live in, the beauty, the excellence, the, the order, the majesty that we see out of chaos, darkness, and emptiness. You could say he was broke. He had nothing except for his words. He had no resource except for himself. <laughs> he had no coaching except for himself. He was God all by himself. He took broke and he made prosperity. He took empty and he filled. He took lower and he subdued. Void in nothing. These are the words that started when God got started. 
Your mouth was created to decree and declare in the middle of desperate situations, people hope. You were born for such a time as this. You were born for racism. You were born for division. You were born for negativity. You were born to create influence, not to sit here in silence with your hand over your mouth, not saying anything because you're afraid of evil. I'm afraid I might hurt somebody's feelings. I'm afraid I might be offensive. I might, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. Take authority and speak life, speak blessing, speak truth, bind and loose. Because you are opening and closing things with the words that are coming out of your mouth. He goes, Rush Hour, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And yes, things might be void and empty, dark in your life, but it can change. How? How? Exactly the way God changed it. God said, verse 1, verse 3, let there be light, and there was light. So when there was darkness, he spoke light into being. He didn't speak to the darkness. He didn't speak about the darkness. People go through problems. They talk about their problems, which is darkness. You speak the light. Psalm 119, 130 says, the entrance of your words gives light. Come on, you're going to change your culture of Corning Inc., of Wegmans, or wherever you work. The entrance of your words brings light. Your word, God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you realize you are a path maker with your words? You're creating paths for people with your words. Paths of hope. Paths of opportunity. Paths of possibility. Speak the word only if you want to see the light. Everybody say, see light. We're not going to talk about the riots in the streets of America. We're going to speak about revival in the streets of America. Come on now. The Bible says in Proverbs 15:1, grievous words stir up anger. No matter what side of the political aisle you land on, grievous words, they stir up anger. Isn't there so much anger? Come on now. Let's not be subject to revival. Let's go to revival, not revolt. It's hanging on the words that we speak. And if not us, then who? If not the church, then who? Is there not a cause to change the words coming out of your mouth? Even about this election, even about this reality, the words that we believe coming out of the mouth that we speak changes worlds. We can do this. My words, my words, I promise you, I, I guarantee you, no matter what's going on in the world around us, will be full of future hope in Jesus. The power of the good news of the gospel of Jesus. I'm always going to speak unity, not division. I'm always going to speak life and not death. I will always speak light and not darkness. Delight, not doom. Good, not gloom. Come on, people of hope. I make a promise to you. We will always be good news people. Good news, people. Preach only good news. God said, let there be light and there was light. Good, not gloom. Come on now. Delight in God, not doom and darkness. Genesis 1-4, and God saw the light and said it was not evil. Of course it's not. He spoke it. Of course what he said and what he saw was good. He's not intimidated by evil or else he would have said nothing. So God says and God calls in the middle of lack, void, and chaos. Understand that nothing happens without somebody saying something. Words. Think about your words. You're having a great day until you get that SMS. You're having a bad day until you get that other SMS. Your words are extremely powerful. Your words are creating your world all the time. You're framing your world, your tomorrow. We can't change yesterday, but we can speak words of life today and lose freedom today. You know, no child is born a racist. A racist is built by negative words. No child is born inferior. A, a child believes they're inferior. It's, birth, it's not birthed into somebody. It's birthed by somebody telling someone that they are inferior, that they can't, that they won't, that they're not enough. But we were all created in the image of God. Every man, every woman, every child, black, white, brown. We all come from one blood. We all come from one God. We were created equal before our God. Race does not define who we are. We are all created in the image of God. We're all created to operate in the image of God. 
You know, this beautiful diversity in our nation, it's amazing. It's better together. It's better as a melting pot. Beautiful uniqueness created by God. And together we reflect the light of God in our world. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every kind, male and female. Come on. United. He created us to reflect his beauty. Young and old. I'm not at war with an older generation that's lived through more than I have. I'm in unity with the old. We're unifiers, all made in the likeness and the image of Christ. It's not us versus them anywhere. It's us versus darkness everywhere. You are the beautifully and wonderfully made ones. You are crescendo on God's creation. It's amazing. You need to declare and speak words of life into your world about the way he made you and about the way he made other people. Oh, speak life only. Well, you don't understand. They're, they're racist. They're bigots. Speak life only. They're created in the image of God. Nobody's trash. That's how it stops. By turning the tables and saying, I'll speak life anyways. I will honor anyways. It's a decision that I make, not based on something you deserve, but a decision that I own. Honor is always a decision. It's never deserved. You've been created in the image of God. I will honor that. I honor who you are. We were all created to operate on the earth as God did in the beginning. And that is by speaking words of life and not death. Good and not evil. Now I understand there's people in this world going on a rampage and we get it. But as believers we see and we speak differently. Don't be as dumb as everybody else. With your words. Because your words have the power to create. You know the creator. We have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. We live by different rules. We live by different words. Where other people are bound by racism, we are not. We are free. Where other people are bound by lack, we are not. We are prosperous. We only are going to be the head and not the tail. Good only, not evil. Where other people are bound by lag, we serve a God of acceleration. Everybody's bound to natural time, not us. He's the God who redeems the time. We have a God of acceleration. We can see things shift swiftly, faster than the average bear, right? We have a God of acceleration. We're not bound by lag and time. We can see God turn in a moment, what would take us years and centuries to turn. We have a God of acceleration. That's why the gospel is the hope for humanity. That's so why church is not just a side thing. We have to preach this gospel like never before. And every week we're going to be committed, no matter what, to preach good news only to all of humanity. Red, white, black, everybody, brown, every single young, old, male, female. Ephesians 5 says, be imitators of God. Of God. We can choose to operate like God, or we can choose to operate like the world. Well, I don't believe my words have power like God's have power. I don't care. Ephesians 5 says, imitate God. What did God do? Pay attention. He spoke words of life in the middle of darkness. Child of God, you were created to operate in life the way God operated. God created something beautiful out of chaos. He framed the word. He framed the world that he wanted according to his world, word. God, Hebrews 11.3. Let's read it together. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. One more time. By faith, we fully understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Don't you dare keep your mouth shut. The worlds were framed by the word of God. Your marriage is framed by your words to your spouse. Your business is framed by your words. Your opportunities, they come and they go. They stay away or they come to you framed by your words. I'm in debt. I'll never have enough. Or his word. I was born to be the lender, never the borrower. The head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. These are the Bible words. God said what he wanted in faith. Have faith in God. I love Mark eleven twenty two. I know there's so much Bible here because I don't... I don't I'm, I'm trying to t tell you the Bible is, Bible is the source of what we talk about at Hope Church. We have some people, yeah, wondering. <laughs> literal, literal questions. 
to our staff, do they even preach the Bible at Hope Church? Yes, we preach the Bible, like, all the time. You should listen sometime. You should jump online. Come on, we, we encourage that. Yeah, we preach the Bible at Hope Church. It's a good question. All right. Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. You know what? You know what the problem is? I just got to stop for a second. The problem is the gospel is too good to be true. And if you're good news people, you get criticism from good news words. But we will not back off. We will not relent. We will not stop speaking good news only. I'm not going to be miserable like every other Christian. I will, I will be full of joy. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in 2020, November 7th, and be glad in it. Come on now. I, I, I won't come down. I won't, I won't be normal. I won't, really, I won't talk about things like you want me to talk about them. I'll not tell everybody what they can't do and what they're not. I'll tell everybody who they are in Christ and what they can do. It's so hard for people. Here it is, Mark 11, 23. Have faith in God. The point is faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, not that he thinks, he speaks with his open mouth, will be done. He will have, oh man, this is going to bother some people today if you're watching, whatever he says. I'm sorry, it's just the Bible. <laughs> he will have whatever he says. Is this prosperity? No, it's the truth of God's word. I, I don't know what you want me to say. I can't not read the Bible. God believed, and then God said. He had faith, and then he said. In the middle of void, in the middle of lack, God said, and God said, and God said anyways, and God said it anyways, and God said it anyways. And then God saw that it was good. First he said, and then he saw. What you say believing, will, you will see in your future. What you say believing, you will see in your future. Point number two, with words of faith, your future is framed. With words of faith, your future is framed. As human beings, we are created to take action on things. Proverbs 18, 21 says, don't you know, death and life are in the power of your mute monkey mouth. Don't you know, husbands, death and life on your family are in the power of your mute monkey mouth. Speak. She listens. <laughs> Speak. Lead. Be who God created you to be. Yeah. Women, don't, don't you know? Death and life are in your mute monkey mouth. Speak. Ever say speak. speak. Life and death are in the power of your... And those who love it will eat the fruit of it. Stop being a hater. Start being a builder. Stop being a cursor. Start being a blesser. Stop being a doubter. Start being a believer. What did I say? Build. Bless. Believe in your spouse. Build up your spouse. Bless your spouse. Add value to their life and believe in your spouse. I want to be a builder. I want to be a blesser. I want to be a believer in people. Stop limiting your word world with your words. Stop limiting and start using the keys that God gave you to bind and loose. We are not trying to Repeat what angry people say. We're going to declare what God says. Whether it's world angry, religious angry, angry, angry. We're not going to repeat what angry people said. We're going to declare what God's word says. The way Jesus did when he showed up, heaven's authority showed up. He said to the storm, peace, be still. He spoke to the demoniac, out in Jesus' name. To be sick, be healed in Jesus' name. He released heaven's authority with a declaration of a climate of heaven. Because he understood the power of your words in your mouth. When you go to open your mouth, you affect your future. Your words impact your life, your sphere of responsibility, your health, your mental state, everything. You brighten up your life with the words that you speak. No wonder the enemy wants you afraid of evil and keeping your mouth shut. One time, God wanted to bless a man named Zechariah with a miracle son named John. You might know this story. It's kind of a Christmassy story. And God sent his angel Gabriel. I mean, kind of a big deal. Gabriel, the, one of the biggest angels, to tell Zach that he had answered their prayer, that they've been pretending to pray their whole life. God, give us a son. They were going to have a son, even though they were unable to have a son because they were both old in age. They couldn't have kids. He was going to break the back of what they lacked. Thank you, Jesus, for sending a, a messenger with your word to break the back 
of what we lacked. Even this morning, if you're ready to receive it, you will. Thank you, Jesus, for sending a messenger in a time of desperation and darkness to break the back of lack with his words of life. And in Luke 118, Zacharias said to the angel, how, how, shall I, how shall I know this? You're going to have a baby. Congratulations. Your dreams are coming true. I'm answering your prayer. God's word is it's being sent to you. It's good news of great joy. And he says, how could this happen? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel who knows the power of words doesn't check in with God. Ooh, I like that authority. Let me pray about this. I'll get right back to you with my boss. <laughs> doesn't wonder what he should do with disbelief and doubt that's coming out of Zach. Gabriel the angel, without hesitation, bound his tongue and shut him up. He said, you will not stop what God is trying to do in your generation. He says in verse 19, I am Gabriel. I wish God would do this more often, actually. Who stands in the presence of God. I'm kind of a big deal. And I was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. Oh, man, I'm sorry. It bothers religious. I, I don't care. It's good news. But it's impossible good news. It's too good to be true good news. But behold, you will be mute, monkey, mouthed, silenced, and not be able to speak till the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe, here it is, my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Our third point today, Zach was silenced because he spoke according to the way he saw it. Stop speaking according to the way you see it. He spoke by sight, and he was shut up. I wish God would keep doing that. Speak by sight, you get shut up. Speak by sight, you get shut up. Speak by faith, you get loud. You get loud. Because every... Why, why did this mean old angel from God's presence take such authority and, and shut his mouth? Because every time you speak, you are either binding or loosing, whether you think it's important or real or not. So for his own good, the angel shut him up so he could keep doing his work. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not sight. We don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, Zach. That's what we're looking at. The things that are not seen in 2020. For the things which are seen are very temporal. Thank you, Jesus. Elections are temporal. Corona is temporal. Come on. So many things are temporal. Racism is temporal. It doesn't seem like it. it is. But the things that are not seen are eternal. We walk by faith. You think the color of your skin is going to matter when we're all spirits in heaven? doesn't matter. <laughs> we walk by faith and not by sight. Does that mean we're invincible? No. Does that mean there aren't any problems? No. Does that mean we have to ignore our problems? No. But we do have to be intentional about what we bind and loose in the middle of our problems. Faith isn't faking it with your words. Rather, faith is being intentional in your confessed reality. We're not faking it with our words. We're being intentional about what we're confessing for reality's sake. To align your words with the words and the promises of God. If you're going through hell, don't stay there. This old, old man, he was in our church for a long time, he used to sing, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Bill Herman, amazing man of God. If you're going through hell, don't stay there. If you're going through hell, don't stop. And talk about it. Shut up, Zachariah. He's trying to answer your prayer. There's an angel in front of you from the presence of God. Why are you still talking about what you see? I mean, come on. You're seeing something you never see. How many, all, how many people see angels all the time? You're standing in front of an angel. Do you ever see those, Zechariah? No. You're talking about what you normally see, seeing something you never see. Well, my wife can't have babies. Shut it. Really? That's what you're going to say in front of an angel that lives in an invisible world that you never see? You really think that the usually invisible, unseen angel Gabriel from heaven wants to hear your excuses to his message about an unseen God and about what you see in your sex life? I'm just telling you the way it is, angel. This is what happens in my sex life. We don't have babies. Nobody cares. Drop your argument and excuses of why it won't work when God's word has come to tell you that it will work. Come on. It's so good. I love it. Are you guys all right? Do you have time for the last point? All right, last point. Here it is. I know it's late. In the Old Testament, Job had three friends that were in the real troubles of his life. They knew his real deal. His wife was dead. His kids were dead. He lost millions of dollars worth of assets. He was sick with disease all over his body. He lost everything. He had 
three so-called friends that came to sympathize with him in his pain. They heard about his troubles. They came to sympathize with him and comfort with him. They said, how are you really doing? How are you really feeling? Ugh. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you really doing? I'm really good. Please don't ask again. But I wanted to be there for really help you vent your problems. Shh. Shh. Don't ask me how I'm really doing. And in Job 2.12, not because I'm hiding something from you, because there's really nothing there. I hate, I hate when people do that to people. Well, how are you really doing? You must be really overwhelmed. I'm not. I have a friend named Jesus. <laughs> His spirit of Christ that overcomes lives in me. I'm not overwhelmed. You know, it's hard for you to believe sometimes, but this really works. Jesus is not a man that he should lie. i got to keep preaching. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. Job 2.12. They began to weep aloud. They tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. <laughs> and they wallowed in his misery with him for seven days. It says they saw his grief was very great. What, did they, what they did was look at what they saw. His grief was great. They magnified the pain. Oh, come magnify the sorrow with me. They magnified the loss because of whatever you gaze on will grow. You know why you're sad today? You've been gazing in all the places that you shouldn't be looking at. Whatever you look at lingers bigger. After Job had sat, sat there for about seven days with his friends, he lost it. I love this man. The Bible said specifically before his friends came, his own wife said, curse God and die, Job. And it says, he did not sin with his lips. But after seven days, seven is the number of Kalishan. After seven days of sympathizing with his friends, he was more depressed and worse off that his friends came and asked him, how are you really doing? Right? How I'm really doing according to what? That's what I want to ask you this morning. How am I really doing according to what? Do you want to know how I'm really doing according to my feelings? According to my circumstance with my dead kids and my crazy wife and, and all my stuff being lost? you want to know how I'm really doing according to my feelings? Or do you want to know how I'm really doing according to what God says about me? God says there's no one like me in all the earth. His words, not mine. God says I'm the man. There's never been a man like this in all the earth. God says I am blameless and upright. You want to ask me how I'm doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a man who turns away from evil. God says, I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man of uprightness. That's what he told Satan about me. You want to know how I'm doing? He thinks the world of me. You want to know how I'm doing? I think that Job's friends might have helped him if, instead of sympathizing, they started strategizing according to the word of God spoken over his life. Reminding their friend of who he was in Christ. Oh, but that's not what she wants to hear at this table. She wants to hear how hard life is. Shh. She wants to hear how it's okay to feel what she's feeling. Stop telling your friends that. Stop it. Reminding him. Th these were real friends. Uh, let me remind you what the God of the universe said. You're the best human being to ever walk the planet. Bring that to your coffee table. Bring that to your sociopathic crazy suck fest. And he's going to get you through this with double for your trouble. I just say it by faith. That's a good friend. Guess what? You're not going to be here forever. Every problem comes to pass. Every problem comes to pass. And guess what? I'm believing by faith. You're going to end up with double for your trouble because he thinks you're the man, Joe. What if they just had spoken words of faith over their friend? What if they just sowed a seed of faith in the middle of his frustration that God is for you? He's going to bless you. If you bring life and blessing to a situation and they get mad at you, they're not your friends. Leave them anyways. If you call them up and they get offended with you, you don't want to be friends with those people. Well, you're just not sympathizing. You're not under sensitive to my situation. You don't know what it's like to have... Da, 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 da. You don't know what it's like to be... Da, 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 da. Stop it. Magnify God's goodness. And got Job back to his place where he was fit to fight. That would have been an awesome friend. That would have been a real friend. You didn't sympathize with him for seven days and leave him worse than he found him. These friends sat in the dust for seven days. Do you want that kind of people that sit around you and agree with you and tell you how bad it is and what they shouldn't have done to you and how much of a victim you are and how hard life is? Come on. 
how it feels to have lack and you just lost everything and you lack and you lack. Sit here and push through because life is so hard. Life is like this. Life is very hard. Life is very painful. Life is full of problems. No, life is passing tests. And you're in one, Joe. And you're in one, sweetie. Life is about passing tests. God Almighty thinks the world of you. Some of you are so mad at this message because it's so insensitive. But I'm telling you, you are blameless. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're the most amazing human being on the planet, Joe. God says you can do anything. You are friends for life with him. He put you up against the enemy's worst and said he will win. Not because I blessed him, but because he loves me. Here's what friends sound like. Look, honey, you feel defeated, but you are winning on every side. Look, it feels like you lost everything, but in faith, God's going to bless you a double soon. Yes, you lost your kids, but you are so blessed. Yes, your kids are going through hell, but you are so... Yes, you lost some stuff, but you can get stuff back. Yes, you lost your spouse, but you never gave up on God's spoken word during the pain of that divorce. Get up, get on, and get over it. Because if God be for you, who or what can be against you? Wow, what a friend that would be. If you're that type of person, I want you to come sit at my table with me anytime you want. You have an open invitation to the Hackett household. We want more winner champion thinking in my home. Some of you would be so offended and insensitive by a friend like that, but the truth is they love you more than any of your so-called friends. Just sympathize with your pain and stay stuck in your sorrow with you with dust on their heads. It's so pathetic saying your life is so hard. Oh. I just sit here in a dust cloud. It's so hard. I feel sorry for you. How dare you get a child like that from God? He must be so mean. How dare that pain happen to you in your, your workplace? They're just so awful. No. Life doesn't have to be so hard. You're on the edge of double blessing. A friend that sows the seed of the word of God and doesn't allow you to settle in your pain, pity, party, and sulk for days with you is a real friend. So final point today, thanks for hanging in there. Push away the pity party because you cannot succeed until you sow the seed of the word of God. God says you're blameless, Job. You cannot succeed until you sow the seed in faith of the word of God. I believe he's bringing you double for your trouble when he has nothing, when he's broke, when everything's dead. I'm sowing the seed of faith. They don't come by live by sight, magnifying how bad it is, that leaves you hopeless. Big difference between encouraging somebody and sympathizing with someone, leaving them hopeless. Sow seeds in this season of hell. Sow seeds in this season of pain. Never allow the fear of evil to shut your mouth from sowing seeds of God's word. See what God's word says in every situation and speak it over you and your friends in Jesus' name. If you receive it, give him a shout of praise in this place. I'm so thankful for God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, today we thank you that we have so much to look forward to. I thank you that you are the God of abundance, overflow, and blessing. Today we receive all that you have for us by faith, believing that our best days are yet to come. Hey, listen, friend, if you don't know Jesus and you've never given your heart to him, Today is a day of salvation. The Bible says if you just make a simple act of faith, so we ask you to raise your hand with everybody's eyes bowed and our eyes closed and heads bowed. If you just give us a minute, eyes closed, hearts open. We want to give you an opportunity to get right with Jesus. Maybe you've walked away from him. Maybe you've never had a relationship with him. He doesn't think so lowly of you. He doesn't want to steal your life. He wants to release you. He's the God of access. Access granted. He wants to come into your life and change it forever. So today, if you want to get right with Jesus, or you want to come to him for the first time, open up your life to him. On the count of three, I'm going to simply ask you to raise your hand as an act of faith. With every head bowed, one, today is your day of salvation. Come on, today. Two, don't wait, don't hesitate. He really is too good to be true. I'd I'd act. Three, that's me. Pastor, I want to get into a relationship with Jesus. I want him to know me. I want to know him. I want to walk in the blessing. I want to live a life of victory. If that's you today, wherever you're at, I'm looking in the balcony. I'm looking down here. Let me see your hand. You can put it right back down. I want to know who I'm praying with today in their seat. Jesus, come into my life. If that's you this morning, you want to invite a source of strength that does not leave you in sorrow. A source of strength that does not pity you, but empowers you. 
Thank you, sir. That's awesome. If that's you today and you want to get in relationship, today's your day of freedom. Today is the day you get set free. Come on, that's awesome. Thank you. If that's you today, you give your heart to Jesus. Get back into relationship. Awesome. Can we celebrate these decisions today, people at home? Thank you, Jesus. Bible says if we believe in our hearts and we ask him with our mouth, he will come to our rescue. So let's do it today. Jesus, I give you my heart. Come and fill me. Forgive me. Make me a new creation. I give my heart to you. And everybody said amen. Come on, one more time. Let's celebrate these stories.